Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is the Sikkim Podcast, presented by your friend in the car business, Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat in Waco, online at alansamuelsdcj.com. The Sikkim Podcast is a production of Baylor Athletics. Now, here are your hosts, Brooke Bednars and the voice of the Bears, John Morris. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's Sikkim Podcast, a production of Baylor Athletics. We're glad you're with us. John Morris, Brooke Bednars, and uh, Brooke, we say this each time, but boy, we've got a treat in store for our listeners today, introducing everyone to uh, two new members of Coach Dave Aranda's staff. Yes, how exciting that, you know, we're in 2021, we're looking ahead, and we get to start off talking with some football, uh, introducing the uh, new offensive staff and some key components of that. Uh, you had the opportunity to visit with the new offensive coordinator, Jeff Grimes, just a couple of days ago, so uh, let's go ahead ahead and dive on into that conversation and get to know new offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes just a little bit better. Hi everybody, John Morris. I'd like to introduce you to Baylor's new offensive coordinator. Coach Jeff Grimes is here on the Baylor campus as we record this. And Coach, welcome to Baylor. We are glad you're here and glad you're a part of the Baylor family. Man, thanks so much. I I could not be more excited than to be in the position that I am right now and just grateful for for the opportunity to be here, um, for for uh, Coach Aranda and Matt giving me the, the opportunity to come come back home, really, for me. You mentioned come back home. You're a native of Garland, Texas, right up the road, uh, outskirts of Dallas. Is is that part of the allure of coming to Baylor, is uh, getting back in the state of Texas? Yeah, it certainly is. I mean, I've already checked. My mom is 110 miles from where we sit right now, and so an opportunity to be close to family and And really all of my roots are in Texas. Um, Lived in Texas somewhere until I was 30. Uh, Cut my teeth in coaching, high school football, graduate assistant, division three coaching, and really spent spent um, the better part of my life somewhere in Texas. And then even since then, when I've when I've coached other places, I've recruited Texas. And so uh, just so many, many, not only family, but friends and coaching colleagues that Um, that I've heard from and just excited to be close to. Good. I told you earlier, my dad uh, lives in Garland and knows your mom up there from church and other things. So uh, it's a great connection there. I'm sure she is glad you were back a lot closer to home. Yeah, I think I think she cried when I told her I was coming here because grew up uh, just with a real fondness for Baylor. you know, I grew up in the Baptist church and came to came to church camps here in the summer and came to football games on, on this campus. And um, a good friend uh, of mine is Neil Jeffrey, who's not only a friend, but a mentor of mine. I worked for him one summer as an intern in his youth department and, and got to know more about Baylor just in working, working for Neil. Uh, but just 
just a real strong affinity in, in my life for Baylor and what it stands for and, and for uh, what a great fit this is going to be for me and my family. Boy, that's great. You're talking Baylor football royalty when you mentioned uh, Neil Jeffrey, so that is great. What, what about uh, you know Baylor? You, you, I can tell you know Baylor. You know what Baylor stands for, and uh, I think that was part of the reason that you were interested in this job as well. There's no question that it is, and you know, I, I, I feel like I've been so blessed to be in the position that I'm in. I, I, view, I view coaching as a calling more than just a job. I, I do love what I do. I absolutely love football. There's something deep inside my, my soul that, that resonates with, um, with the sport and, and, and what it taught me. But really, um, I, I guess the best way to put it is I think God used the sport of football to make me who I am. And it, it's been the vehicle for most of the greatest lessons that, that I've learned in life. And, you know, a favorite verse of mine, we, we uh, kind of call it our family verse, Colossians 3.23 says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. And when I was involved um, with Fellowship of Christian Athletes, somebody shared that verse with me, and, and it changed my life. And the way that, that I look at it is... Um, God's given me the opportunity to do something that I love for a living. My job is to do the very best I can at it. And I, I'd like to share that with our players all the time. And, you know, the players, they, they ought to go out on the field and play the game in such a way that God looks down on them and smiles and says, yeah, I, I gave the talent to the right man right there because he's making the most of it and he's doing what he's called to do. And so I just hope that I can do that in coaching. I hope that I can do it in a way that that pleases God and, and makes an impact for him. Wow, that's a real calling. We'll talk football. Folks uh, watching want to hear you talk football and learn about your philosophies there. But tell us about your family, your wife Sherry and uh, two sons and two daughters. Yeah, my wife's the real all-star and she's the athlete in the family. I just say that I contributed size to the gene pool. Uh, she actually uh, played college volleyball down the road at Texas A&M and she's a native Texan also and all her family is still here and and she's the She's the real glue um, that allows me to do what I do and for us to have a successful family and she's just she she's an amazing woman and and involved wherever we go she's involved in uh, small groups with with uh, college girls and just gets plugged into the players lives right away and you know, there was, a, there was a time in my life where I felt like the rigors of coaching college football and being a good husband and being a good daddy were kind of pulling against each other. And I had a real hard time coming to, to grips with that for a bit. But then when I, when I kind of figured it out, I recognized that if I bring those two things together, then it makes more sense for everybody. And so having the players get to know my wife and my kids and then vice versa and them being up here and all that stuff, just trying to blend all that together um, has really what's made sense of it for me and my wife is the biggest part of that. Um, then got four kids, got a daughter Bailey who plays volleyball at Southern Nazarene University in, in Oklahoma, uh, got two boys, Garrison is a senior in high school right now and Graydon, my younger boy, is a freshman in high school and then we've got a little girl who's 11. That is great. Great family. We got great volleyball here at Baylor. I don't know if you know, we got one of the best programs in the country. So uh, Sherry's going to enjoy that and Bailey's going to enjoy that. So 
good, uh, good volleyball program here as well as football. What, what about uh, coming to the Big 12 Conference? Uh, you were at BYU most recently, uh, you know, an independent in football, but what about the Big 12? What do you know about the Big 12 and what do you think about the competition you'll face here? Well, interesting. So I was, I was a graduate assistant in 1995 at Rice, the last year of the Southwest Conference. The following year, I went to Texas A&M as a graduate assistant, the first year of the Big 12. And so I guess you could say I've been around it to some extent since its inception. That's true, yeah. um, but, uh, and then I coached at Colorado for a couple of years when they were a part of the league. Um, but I think I feel like I've, I've been around the, the Big 12 and grown up around the Big 12 more than I really have just because of my, my um, uh, affiliation with Texas and so many people here. Um, but have always, it's, it's kind of funny, my wife and I were talking um, just a few weeks ago before this job even came up and we were watching college football on a Saturday and a couple of Big 12 games were on and I said, you know what, that still feels like home, you know. <laughs> and every time I come back to Texas, as soon as, as, soon as my feet hit the ground at the DFW airport, um, it, it feels like home. And so the Big 12 is a part of that for me when I watch uh, games on Saturday, there's, there's always been a strong affinity for me with, with the schools in this conference because it's a part of the football that I grew up with and, and just a, an immense respect for, for the game and the way that it's still played. And I, I think the game is, uh, uh, particularly in Texas, but in this region of the country, something that's, that's a part of our culture, part of our identity. Congratulations on a great year you and you and the BYU Cougars had this past year. Terrific season. A lot of folks think BYU would fit well in the Big 12 Conference, but a great season, especially offensively, third in the nation in scoring 43 and a half yards per game, seventh in total offense, eighth in passing offense. You had a really, really potent offense there, a part of a really great team at BYU. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Great players make great coaches, and so that, that was a big part of it. But um, Really, I think this year was a culmination of uh, what, we, what we've been building there. You know, I, I got to give Kalani Satake, our head coach there, most of the credit because he's the one that's really uh, forged the identity, identity of that team. But I really feel like for, for us as an offense, we, we uh, had to struggle through a little bit of a growth phase there. But I think this year certainly was... Um, sort of the time that those building blocks that we've that we've been putting in place particularly the things in terms of of the culture and identity that we were trying to build really really began to come to light this year Zach Wilson, uh, your quarterback, great season for him. Uh, tell me if I've got this right. You were there when he was a young quarterback, and you sort of you sort of gave him an opportunity, even when he was very young in the program. And look where he came from from there to where he is now. What, what is that correct? I mean, yeah, starting him early. Yeah, and Zach's an interesting part of this. His, his dad and I were just talking yesterday and then I've, I've been in touch with with Zach as I was making this transition as well but man I just I can't say enough about what kind of player and leader and, and young man he is but Zach and I came to BYU really at the same time he when when Kalani first talked to me about the job we were talking about the players on our team and he said and there's this quarterback who's still in high school that that I think I'm going to be able to get, but I want you to I want you to help me recruit him because he needs to know what our offense is going to look like and wants to talk to the new coordinator. At the time, he had been committed to Boise State, 
And so I right away jumped on and looked at his film and I said, yeah, I, I love this kid. Just a tremendous athlete, incredible, incredible uh, arm talent and natural accuracy, um, but was just a, obviously a, fresh, a, a senior in high school then. And so the day that I flew to Utah, uh, this day of what the day that I'm having right here, first day um, on the new job, right. Zach was at BYU on an official visit. Huh. And so I got to spend some time with him and his parents then. And then shortly thereafter, he committed and then, and then showed up on campus. Uh, but I'll tell you, you know, a lot of people have told me, you know, what, what a year Zach has had, you know, and, but he wasn't always that. He grew into that. He became that kind of player. He wasn't a guy that was, that was heavily recruited necessarily. Um, but he, but he always had that, that something special, that thing that you look for in your quarterback and your leader. And so, yes, we did give him an opportunity early. He did not win the starting job right away. We had an experienced player who won the job. And then halfway through the season, we decided to make a change. And then, and then he took off, um, had, had a tremendous end of that freshman season, went 18 for 18 in the bowl game that we played. And then and then uh, had shoulder surgery that really set him back his sophomore year and then got hurt again, messed up his thumb, had to have surgery on that. So his sophomore year was really um, one that was frustrating for him, not at full strength, and then this year came back full strength and played as well as any quarterback I've ever seen. Wow. Great history there of developing a younger quarterback. You may have that opportunity here at Baylor. Uh, this is not really a fair question, but do you know what you're inheriting with the Baylor offense here? Yeah, one of the first things I did is evaluate the quarterbacks because I don't think you want to go anywhere where you don't have a guy who can do that thing. Yeah, I mean, it's like, uh, it, it, it'd be like taking, um, taking a, a job at a, as a basketball coach and you didn't have a point guard. Uh, but it, yeah, I have evaluated those guys before I even really um, went very far into the process with Dave and um, I'm excited about having an opportunity to begin getting to know those guys. I've already talked to them on the phone and they're telling me how they've been watching BYU offense and hey, when can I get a playbook and That's get to great. work? So they're chomping at the bit and so am I. That's great. Uh, part of you evaluating Baylor, uh, you know, Baylor evaluates you in the same respect and you evaluate uh, Coach Aranda, the head coach you'll be working with here. Uh, talk, tell us about your relationship with Dave that goes back to LSU and maybe further back than that. Yeah, no, really our, our time at LSU was our first time to really get to know each other. And, um, you know, I wouldn't be here if I didn't believe in Dave Aranda. And, uh, enjoyed getting to know him there and you know when you're on opposite sides of the ball sometimes you don't really get to know each other all that well but I, I knew something about Dave even before he came because we had played against each other the previous year when he was at Wisconsin and I was at LSU and he beat us and uh, had great respect for his defenses there and then when he came I saw why he was so good his attention to detail the ability that he had to connect with players and their respect for him and his knowledge made an immediate impact on our defense there at LSU and just um, really struggled to make first downs against him in practice and so really respected him as a coach but also very much enjoyed getting to know him as a person and his family and um, just really appreciated the the way that he the way that he treated people and um, you can see that here already, just in me talking with 
a lot of the other people on the staff here, even before I came, their, their, uh, their love for him because of the way that he's, that he's treated people. You were the offensive line coach there at, uh, at LSU. Uh, a great history coaching the offensive line for you in your uh, profession. How much does that influence, you know, that background with the offensive line? How much does that influence now what you do as a coordinator? A great deal. You know, I always, even in years that I was coaching offensive line, I still tried to see the, the game with, uh, with a wide lens. I, I always tried to see the big picture and saw myself doing something beyond just being, not just being the offensive line coach, but something different. Um, but I, it, it all really starts up front. It does. It, it, it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like having a, a big brother, you know, the, the younger brother will follow the, the big brother anywhere that he goes, right? I got two dogs. I got one that's a big dog and all muscled up. And I got another little dog that's about 20 pounds. And there's a, there's another dog, a couple dogs that live in the yard behind us. And so when my little dog goes out in the backyard, she only makes it about halfway before she starts barking at the other dog, but she won't go any further than that until, until the big guy comes out. And when he comes out, then he runs right over there and they, they talk to the other dogs. And, but then she'll go all the way up to the fence and then she'll speak her mind a little bit. It's kind of like that with the offensive line. You know, if those guys um, will lead the charge, they're the tip of the spear. They're the they're the first ones off the boats when you're landing to storm the beach. And if those guys do that with a tough, physical, confident, aggressive mindset, then everything else on offense works. And Zach would be Zach Wilson would be the first to tell you, or our running back Tyler Algier, who who had a phenomenal year this year at BYU. Any of those guys would would tell you that their job doesn't happen if the linemen don't do their job first up front. So I, I will put a lot of pressure and expect a lot, put a lot of pressure on them and expect a lot out of them in return. There's only one Motor Trend Truck of the Year. It's Ram from Allen Samuels. Now, kick off the new year with remarkable savings on new Rams during the Allen Samuels Start Something New Sales Event. This special New Year's event is underway right now, and you can save thousands on new Rams. Ram, for your family, farm, or business at Waco's most trusted dealer, Allen Samuels. Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, your friend in the car business. Whether on the field or cheering from home, Du Bois Furniture is proud to support the Baylor Bears. If your bear cave needs updating, Du Bois Furniture is here to help. With over 59 years of our family serving yours, let our experienced sales team help you find exactly what you want. We specialize in custom upholstery, stunning dining rooms, elegant bedrooms, gorgeous leather, and top quality mattresses. Come see us in Waco and Temple or visit us online at DuBoisFurniture.com. Du Bois Furniture, where beautiful homes happen. Now, back to the Sikkim Podcast, presented by your friend in the car business, Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat. You're listening to the Sikkim Podcast, a production of Baylor Athletics. I'm Brooke Bednarz alongside John Morris, and he had the opportunity to visit with new offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes. Let's get back to that conversation. Going back to your playing days at UTEP and then through a 28-year coaching career, you've been around some terrific coaches, uh, assistants you've worked with, head coaches you've worked with. What, what's your coaching DNA? Who's your mentor? Who, who have you learned from that has really uh, impacted what you do now? Wow. 
How long do we have? Because <laughs> that, could, that could last for a while. I've been really, really, really blessed. So fortunate to have been around so many good coaches. And I'll just try to mention a few. Um, you know, I would start with a couple of guys that, that um, coached me when I was young. There was a guy when I was in high school named Jack Catlett who um, coached me on the junior varsity level and then on the varsity level too. But he was the first guy that I felt like who really, truly cared about the success that I had. And I remember him taking me after practice, just me and him, and working on blocking. And that meant something to me. Those moments of him, because that wasn't what he was being paid for. He cared enough about me as an individual to keep me by himself and just work with me on something. Um, and so, you know, that's something that I still try to do, to take a guy for a few extra minutes and spend that individual time with him can make all the difference in the world. A guy that I played for, and I'll mention a couple guys that I, that I played for in college at UTEP, I was, I was blessed to have had Andy Reid as my offensive line coach for two years in college, and wow, what a, what a blessing that was. And at the time, it was a blessing because he helped me become a better player. But now I recognize that he's contributed to who I am as a coach, and he had great knowledge of the game obviously i don't think any player respects a coach that doesn't have information that he needs but the even larger thing is he had the ability to um, push me really really hard and do it in such a way that i wanted to do better that rather than resent him for that and um, I, I just remember him a couple times just really yelling at me and looking at me with these, with these, with these eyes, um, and it made me want to do better. And I think that's because I knew he cared about me and because he had invested in me. And uh, he's someone that I still stay in touch with. Um, we stole a play from the Chiefs this year. I'll steal a play from anybody, but we stole a, a, a play that the Chiefs scored a touchdown on with Travis Kelsey, and um, they everybody... Uh, a number of people who were watching our game noticed the play and, and showed the two plays on social media afterwards. And I texted him and said, I guess I should have asked for your permission first. And he said, no, man, I'm just glad it worked for you. But he, he's, he's a phenomenal person and a great coach. And I'm blessed to have him uh, as somebody that's, that is still making an impact on me. Another guy that was on that same coaching staff was Dirk Cutter, who's the offensive coordinator for the Falcons, most recently been the head coach of the Bucks. Um, so he was my offensive coordinator for a couple of years in college, and then he hired me um, in 2000 as his offensive line coach to Boise State, and then I followed him and spent three years with him at Arizona State as well. And in those years, I feel like I kind of... Uh, attained the hardware that I needed to really understand how to run an offense, how to game plan, how to spend a week working on an opponent, how to practice, how many plays you need for uh, first and ten, and how many plays you need on third and one, and uh, the importance of balance within your offense. And so a lot of those real uh, technical things that you need to know as a coach, I, I really got from him and probably got from him more than I've, more than I've received from anyone else over the years. Um, wow, just uh, so many people I could mention. Frank Beamer I worked for at Virginia Tech for a little while towards the end of his career, but was still just so impressed by his command of the game, his attention to detail. Great story on him. So he, he was still at that point in charge of the special teams himself. He ran them himself. 
ran the meetings, coached the long snappers himself during practice, and I'll never forget, he's the first guy out on the practice field every day, and he's out there on the practice field, not with the all-stars of the team. He's out there with the young guys who are going to serve as the scout squad, the look team, for his punt team that day or his punt return team that day. And he was standing out there with his cards, simulation cards for the opposing punt team or punt return team, and he's walking through those looks, so he made sure that he got them right in practice that day. And that attention to detail and that commitment to excellence is why he's been such a great coach, obviously. But I, I could name many more, but that's, that's just a few with a few stories. But I think, you know, all of us are, to some extent, a product of our environments. And if you're, um, if you're smart enough, then, then you, you take a little bit of each piece along the way. And Woodrow Wilson said, I don't use only all the brains that I have, but all that I can borrow. And yeah. I think I'm really a product of a lot of people. <laughs> Uh, nuts and bolts, uh, your philosophy, your coaching philosophy uh, for an offense. Uh, can, can you boil that down and share that with us? Yeah, I definitely can. Uh, so I think it starts with the culture more than anything else. And so what, what I've called my offense here of late is RVO. And that uh, little acronym, RVO, is kind of a play on words, not to be confused with RPO. RPO, which stands for run pass option. Most people know that now. And that's a, a commonly used... Um, set of plays within most offenses and we certainly have RPOs in our system as well but more importantly is what that really stands for and it stands for reliable violent offense because I think there are a lot of ways that you can run plays again we run RPOs we have zone read we have uh, vertical throws down the field play action drop back quick game zone plays a lot of things that a lot of other people do What's most important is how you run those plays because there are a lot of systems out there that, that can be effective. What makes an offense really go is their ability to execute those things at a higher level than the defense that you're playing against. And so the first part of that, just the reliability, means that you're able to be trusted. You can do things consistently good. And I think if, if, you, if you looked at our season last year, there are a lot of stats, and you mentioned a couple earlier, but some of the stats that I'm most pleased with are the things that a lot of people don't notice, but they keep you from losing a game first. Things like penalties. We were one of the top teams in the country in, in um, committing the fewest penalties. Um, I think we were eighth in the country in giveaways, the number of times that we fumbled or intercept, threw interceptions. Uh, missed assignments, those things that beat you first. I think the first thing an offense needs to do is not beat yourself. If you don't beat yourself, then you give yourself a chance to win the game. If you can't even do those things properly, then you're not even, you're not even giving yourself a, a chance. And those things are no talent issues. Those things don't take any talent. It doesn't take any talent to line up in the right spot, to get off on the right count, and do your job. Um, the next part uh, playing with a violent, aggressive mindset is something that a lot of other teams can't do. See, a lot of offenses can do one of those things or the other. They can play, they can play violently and they can play with aggression, but they do it in a reckless fashion and so they can't be reliable or consistent enough to go score points the way you need to. Then there are some other teams that are pretty disciplined, but they don't play with that edge. They don't play with that aggression and that toughness. And this is a, this is a physical game that's won by 
physical men who are willing to play with that edge, with that violence. And so whether you're talking about running the football with a violent physical nature or whether you're th talking about throwing the football down the field or for a quarterback getting hit in the face and then popping right back up for the next play, that's playing with violence. And so that mindset is the most important thing that, that, we'll, that we'll attempt to bring to the table. The next thing I would say, if you look at it from a more tactical approach, is I, my offense is really defined in this statement. We're an attacking multiple formation offense that runs a few plays, a lot of ways, with as much misdirection as anyone in the country. And that's something that, that I hope all of our players will begin to learn very soon. Um, but we're going to attack people. We're going to do it in a multiple um, fashion so we can go fast we can go slow we can shift we can motion we can set the ball down and go we can check plays um, so there will be a, a variety of presentations for a defense lining up in various formations um, but running similar plays in a lot of different ways and I think that's what really leads to that execution that's at the end of what what you can do um, hopefully better than other people can Point. That's great. Sign me up. I'm, right. I'm on board with you. Uh, final thought, you're from the state of Texas. You're a native of, of Garland, Texas. Uh, you've recruited here before. Now you're recruiting for a school right in the heart of Texas like Baylor. It's obvious you have the passion to, uh, to do that job for Baylor with Dave Aranda, with the staff here. It sounds like it's just a great fit, uh, I guess is what I'm saying, for you to be here at Baylor at this time. I couldn't... <laughs> When, when, when uh, Dave and I started talking about this, um, my wife Sherry and I start talking about it a little bit more and, and we just said, I don't know that there could be a better fit uh, for all of the reasons that we've already discussed. Uh, I, I'm, just, I'm just thrilled to be here and it is an amazing fit um, in every way that, that you can imagine. And so I couldn't imagine a place that I would be more excited to be than I am in Waco, Texas right here today. Man, that's great. Well, we are glad to have you and Sherry and uh, Bailey and Jada and Garrison and Graydon. We're glad to have them. You got them all. Glad to have you all here and welcome to the Baylor family and uh, look forward to working with you for many years to come. Hey, you too. Sick'em. There's only one Motor Trend Truck of the Year. It's Ram from Allen Samuels. Now, kick off the new year with remarkable savings on new Rams during the Allen Samuels Start Something New Sales event. This special New Year's event is underway right now, and you can save thousands on new Rams. Ram, for your family, farm, or business at Waco's most trusted dealer, Allen Samuels. Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, your friend in the car business. I hate my job, but I don't mind getting up in the morning. I try to stay, but I can't wait to get out of bed. You ask me why, and what I'll say to you is true. Well, you can get breakfast tacos at Rudy's Barbecue. Scrambled eggs and brisket, they ain't fooling around. Salsa wraps on there, the best in town. Barbecue for breakfast, yes, it's true. Put a smile on your morning at Rudy's Barbecue. Now, back to the Sikkim Podcast, presented by your friend in the car business, Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat. 
Welcome back on this week's Sikkim Podcast. We're glad you're with us. This is a production of Baylor Athletics presented by Alan Samuels, Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, your friend in the car business on the web at alansamuelsdcj.com. Great to visit with uh, Coach Jeff Grimes. Let's uh, now meet a member of the offensive staff new to Baylor this year. Introduce you to Chancey Stuckey, who comes to Baylor from Clemson, where he played uh, quarterback receiver 2003 to 2006 in the NFL from 2007 to 2011, most recently on Dabo Sweeney's staff at Clemson. And uh, Chancey, welcome to Baylor. We're glad you're here. I am so ecstatic to be here. I'm so excited. Thank you guys for having me. And it's just been amazing so far. Well, we are super excited to have you get to know this offensive staff. There's been some changes, and uh, from the look of it, you know, obviously this is the first time visiting with you, but reading all about you and doing all the, our, our research for this podcast, you seem like the perfect fit here at Baylor. So excited to get to know you today. I am excited. You know, perfect's a, it's a, it's a <laughs> tough word, you know, <laughs> say the expectations high, but um I'm I'm truly glad to be here, and I'm just going to work my tail off and love these kids and serve their hearts and not their talent and, you know, build them up as men, and hopefully that building up as men um, translates to on-the-field production and guys having great careers. You kind of touched on it there, but Coach Aranda really put into motion this year um, person over player mm-hmm. and really getting to know. And that he's talked about that starting back in when the only option was Zoom. Mm-hmm. And there were new coaching staff just truly diving in, getting to know the people, and then letting that transfer onto the field. So hearing you say that just now, you have to feel pretty good about that being your head coach. So it was really cool. You know, you're going from Coach Sweeney, and, you know, that's all you've kind of known. And you've seen what that type of environment produces and the type of people and the leaders and you come to another place and you think you have an understanding of what it will be and then our first staff meeting and I was just going crazy I'm just smiling <laughs> left and right and it's like Dude, this is awesome like this is exactly what I believe this is exactly what I've been a part of and it's just a seamless transition to loving the guys developing players and you know being more than just uh, um, I guess a player or a recruit or how many stars you had it's really about the person about the fit and about the relationship relationship that you know you're going to have for the three or five years and with COVID maybe seven yeah, years no. you know yeah, what I mean yeah. so like, you really have to be all in with the kid and all in with the family and all in in the process of growing and developing developing the young men well Brooke mentioned fit and you just said the word fit mm-hmm. uh, what what is it about Baylor that uh you know that makes you feel like this is a good fit for you what do you what do you like what drew you to this opportunity oh, wow let me Five. Visually, I unrolled the big scroll, uh-huh. <laughs> so many things, and trying to pick the type five. You know, obviously, um, I love Jesus, you know, with all my heart and soul. Um, and this is a place where you can really be who you are. Right. You know, right. you can say it and um, and not be ashamed or worry about repercussions of, mm-hmm. of what may happen. Um, trusted Coach Aranda, um, just in his voice and his um, authenticity when we first met on the phone and he really opened up and talked about his family and talked about his wife, talked about his kids. And those were huge things for me Um, to leave such a great place. I had to come somewhere where I knew I can trust the coach and I can trust um, him as a husband, as a father, so that my family would be okay. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of places you can go where that's not the case. Um, And then with coach Grimes coming on and uh, researching him and the first thing that came up on him was the daughter he adopted and why he adopted him. Mm -hmm. And I told him, I closed my computer then and was like, okay, I'm good. Wow. You know, that's all I needed to know because, um, 
you can learn to coach football. You can adjust on the go and all those things can be learned. But um, and being a man and being a person, that has to be who you are at this point in our lives. You know, people can change, but um, coming in with guys who already have the same philosophy, the same mentality, the same vision of family, the same just far thinking of trying to do something great, that really drew me to, drew me to Baylor. Um, a little side note, I'm a huge coffee and food guy. That's what yeah. we've heard. I, yeah. My notes say huge. big coffee <laughs> And I'll guy. tell you why and the benefit of it. Yeah. Um, you know, you research the city. Can you live there? Which I think is just really important that, you know, if you want your family, you want to set roots in the community, okay, will we enjoy living in Waco and the surrounding areas? Mm-hmm. You know, and that was huge. And I find found three specific coffee shops that <laughs> were right down my alley. And I said, hey, if that's there, mm-hmm. we're okay. We're good. You know what I, mean? and what, I can great. get my caffeine. Yeah, and what, and what it does is that it brings people together. So I had my office was packed the other day because the process of making the coffee, where it comes from, um, who gets the credit for it, and the taste, that everyone's just in there a while, but they don't get that I'm getting to know them. That's you know, cool. they're yeah. opening up. Very you know, cool. that's what food does. Yeah. Food and coffee yeah. does the same thing. It makes you sit down. It makes you relax. And before you know it, like, I know everything about your life. That's you cool. Know? <laughs> that's I great. love that. I'm sorry we don't, we don't have coffee sitting here waiting oh, no. for you. I already had some, I had this. some from okay. Ethiopia okay. this morning. <laughs> nice. With notes of blueberry and peach. Oh, Not I was going to say, how do you take your coffee? Um, black. Just straight. Black. So okay. it's very similar to, uh, what would be a good um, comparison? Wine. Okay. Uh-huh. The process of growing it. Um, the elevation, um, the notes that come from it are very specific to a region, to an elevation, to a country. And, you know, Ethiopia is always fruit forward. Um, mm-hmm. Guatemala will be more chocolatey. You know, it just depends on where it comes from. And it's always a good talking point to, yeah. to break the ice, you know. That's cool. Okay, we're stopping by your office. Yeah. <laughs> hey, please come we'll by. be there very please. soon. The true. only thing you have to do is tell me one thing I don't know about you. That's, That's cool. We Not weird, that. but yeah. like, yeah. hey, I played – Quarterback and D-tackle in high school. Okay, all right. All right. You know, know, that opens it up, yeah. That's a great icebreaker. Yeah, I love Mm -hmm. that. I love that. (laughs) Well, um, I do want to ask you, you talked before we got on the coffee thing, you were talking about, you know, being able to be open with your faith and everything. Um, And then in your announcement to come to Baylor, I noticed that you said that Clemson's foundation of love, serve, give Mm -hmm. um, was something that, you know, obviously you – first felt when you were a player at Clemson and then you circled back and that's kind of where you started your coaching career um, as a GA first and then last year as a um, on the offensive side of the ball so um, I want to ask you how do you feel that that foundation that you have of love serve give transfers over to Baylor and how do you see yourself kind of utilizing that here oh that you know as I used the word earlier earlier as being seamless um, you already have the foundation for that to be coached, for that to be um, produced in this environment. And you just keep doing it. You keep doing it. You keep stirring the pot, keep stirring the pot. So have a saying is how you do anything is how you do everything. So if you walk, for example, if you walk by a piece of trash and it's just you, that's your standard. But if someone's behind you and they see you walk by it, it becomes everyone's standard. Mm-hmm. So just walking by, picking up a piece of paper, putting it in the trash, um, we did something really cool where when we traveled, everyone on staff, when we got to the airport, every single person on staff went and got a bag from the cargo and brought it to the bus. Like everyone served, mm. everyone served. And everyone would just be like, 
what's going on? Yeah. You know what I mean? And then people want to find out, okay, what's the secret sauce? It's not <laughs> plays. You're not the great, you know, we have, there were great coaches there, but it's not anything amazing. You know, everyone's smart. Everyone knows football. Everyone can teach football, but it was the people and the why hmm. never changed. Everyone had a united vision. And when the kids see that, from the bottom up, well, from the top down, starting mm-hmm. with Coach Aranda, then the assistants, then recruiting, then everybody having a synonymous vision, then they buy in. And then you got something special. Then the average players become really good. The really good players become great, and the great players become phenomenal. Wow. And they're phenomenal humans. That's when they become phenomenal players. And then you send those people, you raise them up, send them out into the world. That changes the NFL. That changes government. That changes city council that's business owners all those people you know come together there's a conglomerate of just great human young people who are going to be my kids leaders Mm -hmm. you know i think about that he's four he's going to be looking up to these guys that okay it's either going to be a or b you know i really hope he's the a type of guy that Mm -hmm. i want my kid to be like so that's my love serve give i love that Mm -hmm. you uh i'm i'm Tell us about your background with Coach Sweeney. I think when you were playing, was he your position coach? Yeah. All right. He, so he, he was my position coach. So I came your, in as a quarterback. Right. And he was in my ear consistently. Okay. Over the wide receiver. Yep. <laughs> that was before the days of Russell Wilson and the 5'10", quarterback getting the shot and right. Kyler Murray. So yeah. he's like, if you want a, you know, a, a chance in the NFL, come on over. Come on over. So we had a, a mass exodus at wide receiver of some really, really good players. And I saw an opportunity. I was sitting behind Charlie Whitehurst. And obviously, Charlie played a long time in the NFL, so I saw an opportunity to slide over and play receiver. He said, if you give me two years, you know, I'll make into an NFL receiver. So that first year was rough. So I'm so used to seeing everything in front of mm-hmm. me, and now you're having to play the game with everything to your back. You know, you're stopping and turning around, trying to understand that. So it was a, a big transition, but, you know, he was on me. He coached me hard, but it was loving and serving. He would, he would coach you hard, but you would understand it would be out of love. So he's trying to get the best out of you. So what happens is you're either squeezed up to the top or you're squeezed out. Mm-hmm. You know, either you can you you change and your way of thinking, your 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 way of practicing and what you do on and off the field, or you get squeezed out. And those ones that squeeze out just don't want they don't want to make the decision to do what's necessary to, you know, be successful. And then I had to make a decision, okay, do I want this? Is what he's is what he's doing good for me? And then I said, okay, yes, I'm going to buy all the way in, all in, I guess, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, back then. And it produced so much more than football. You know, me as I didn't realize it was preparing me as a father, as a husband. And then it just came natural when I got into those positions. So, you know, it was great. He is a a dear, dear friend, mentor. I got to see him right before I left. He's always checking on me, you know, and and he he is just as authentic as they come. Very similar to Coach Rand. They are very, very – you know, one's super high energy, right? One's a little more methodical, right. but the same intangibles is really freaky. That was my thought. Was there's a lot of there's yeah. a lot of correlation yeah. between the way you uh, when you were a player and then coaching with Dabo Sweeney mm-hmm. at Clemson and now here with Coach Aranda and the way Coach Aranda is building this program. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know you're you're fresh new here, but obviously you see that uh, correlation. Also. Oh yeah, I, I see it. You know, we think now it's so funny that we think now Clemson just was always 
that playoff CFP team. It wasn't always like that. This is only in the last couple of years. So he got the job in 2008, 2009. It's very similar to here. Like our director of operations there was like the tight end coach. Hmm. You know, then yeah. it gradually you grew and you got more people to buy in, getting the right people on staff, the right type of player mm-hmm. in. And then it started to really turn and people started to take notice and people start to really say, hey, there's something different about that place. And then that's what you have here. It's really something different about this place. So I, I tell the guys, like, you better watch out because, <laughs> like, this place is about to get rolling. And it's the same foundation, the same ingredients to be successful that you can win by doing it the right way is, I think, really what the message is you want to send to the world. Well, Dabo clearly knew what he was doing because you did get drafted <laughs> into the NFL yeah. at wide receiver, um, played five years in the league. Um, but I do want to talk to you because there's a, there had to be some kind of a switch to go from player and then to decide that you wanted to switch over and to be eventually become a coach. Um, so kind of what was that process like? Because there are some years in there and mm-hmm. uh, different things that you did. Um, but I want to hear how you, you kind of your coaching journey. So it, it, it is a long process. You talk about the process. It's almost um, just had a thought. It was almost very similar to Jonah. Mm. You know, you have a calling, mm-hmm. but you tell yourself, I don't want to do that like that. No, because I had only seen it done one way. You know, I had to switch my perspective. Like in college as a player, it was great, but in the NFL, it was totally different. It was totally different. And I said, I don't want any part of that as a husband, as a father, and I just don't want it. And then I tried to run from it. You know, I was always up on recruiting, the weirdest thing. I was always up on recruiting, just, you know, casually. Um, And then in 20, what's that, 16, 2018, I went to the Natty because I was in California and they played in San Francisco, obviously. And I just saw what was going on. Like I saw families, I saw happiness. It wasn't about winning the game. It was about the experience. It was about the moment. It was about the people. And I, and Lord began to really tug on my heart. Like I'm running. It's like a tight tug. And I was like, Oh my God, like I have to go back and tell my wife what's going on. Cause she doesn't know anything about football at all. She grew up in California across the street from Warner brothers. Like, she didn't go to school with athletes and went to school with actors mm-hmm. like in middle school like disney kids and just weird weird stuff like oh i went to school with her i was like that's weird what? Wow. <laughs> yeah like it's weird like yeah weird you know it's like what yeah. yeah so that type of thing so i had to go back and tell her which was the hardest part because it's like football clemson you want me to leave california <laughs> to go to clemson <laughs> you know you know so that that was a really hard part and you know coach and i talked about it and he was like dude i've been waiting on you for so long i was like what he's like like if you will Take this seriously. This is really what you want to do. You will move up so fast it will blow your mind. So got all in, became a um, a GA. You know, uh, he's like, hey, it's no pay. Got to go to school. It's like if you really want it. And Lord's like, you better humble yourself and go in. And I was just getting into ministry heavy too. And coach explained to me that, hey, I'm preaching every day. You know, I have a full small group every day of people to influence, to raise up and send out. And I was like, that, that is the mint. That's a great commission. You know, and I went there for, became a GA. Then next, next year moved up to analyst. And now I'm here and, you know, he and I um, had an exit meeting. He's like, you remember what I told you that, hey, if you take this serious, you're going to move up fast. So you better be ready. <laughs> and he just started laughing. And he was like, you're ready. Uh, you prepared. You were always ready. You know, so just go do what you do. Learn, go strain a little bit, and grow and influence. So I was like, okay. You know, he was just like, here, go. Is it different? Because obviously, you know, 
I didn't play college sports, but I still have coaches who I will go back home and I'll see, and I still call them coach. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They are always coach. Uh, It doesn't matter, you know, how old you are or anything. So to hear, you know, your kind of time with him as your coach and, and, you know, how much he poured into you and how it was serving and giving, but also tough. Mm -hmm. Um, And then to work for him as a coach, he still kind of, he was coaching you through coaching. Um, What was the difference of that? Or did it seem fairly similar? It's very similar. The way he, um, coach to players but he was also coaching the coaches Mm -hmm. you know you know if you if you really paid attention to what he said and learned him there was always something to write down you should always have a notebook with you You should always be learning you know it's always be um admitting of your mistakes or where you fell short and that opens transparency and opens trust and then the other guys who've been there longer than i um like tony elliott who I played with, you know, Tyler Grisham, who I played with, Brandon Streeter, who I played with, you know, those guys got it and it was up the same vision. So you watch them, how they do their job. And then you see, okay, I need to do my job like this, but still have individuality in who I am, you know, because God created us all unique. So if I'm trying to be Tony or trying to be this person like that defeats the purpose of what the gifts you've been given. So, okay, let me find this in the coaching, in the platform, in the foundation, okay, how can I make this my own? So that was the real hard part of trying to mold it and make it my own. If you need a trailer, Flat Rock Trailers has got you covered. From light-duty single-axle utility trailers to the big Tex tandem duels. We also carry a full line of enclosed cargo trailers. Need a motorcycle trailer? We've got them. Need a dump trailer? We've got the largest selection in the state. Oil field trailers? We carry a full line of big Tex trailers to handle all your needs. Trailer repairs? We repair all makes and models. We'll even rent you a trailer if you need to use one for a day. Flat Rock Trailers, your number one source for all your trailer needs. Find us at flatrocktrailers.com. Say my wife and I have a lot to clean is an understatement. So we go to TNG Chemical, where the pros know what cleaning solutions to use and give us detailed instructions on exactly how to use them. We never got that kind of advice from any other stores. And the prices at TNG are great, from general household cleaners to odor control solutions for our pets. We go to TNG Chemical and Supply. That's why. TNG Chemical and Supply. That's why. You're listening to the Sikkim Podcast, a production of Baylor Athletics. Here again are Brooke Bednars and John Morris. You're listening to the Sikkim Podcast. We're visiting with Chancey Stuckey, Baylor's new wide receivers coach. Uh, new at Baylor, comes to Baylor from Clemson. There's a bar, originally from Warner Robins, Georgia, and, uh, and played at Clemson as coach there the last couple of years. One part of your background I'm really interested in, uh, tell us about your, you were tied into the media for a mm-hmm. bit. You were in California. Mm-hmm. Was there some acting going on out there? What was that What was that part of your background? Yeah, it's very interesting. And, um because a lot of people don't realize there's a big um, conglomerate of people who played in the NFL or college that are acting huh. because it's such a, a team atmosphere and that you, you're on set, you're with the team, everybody has a job, and you've got to produce. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's very competitive. It's very compassionate. It's an individual performance within a team concept. You know, so I had a lot of friends who got into that and – it was really unique how I got into it. I uh, was in New York. Mm-hmm. You know, I started doing some commentating for sport, uh, Sports New York because of the Jets and really loved it, enjoyed it, and then simultaneously got into some acting just because there was some crossover. And 
it's a world of in movies where they do the sporting events, mm-hmm. like they play a football game or a basketball game. That is a separate entity in the movie. So mm-hmm. an actual firm does that and they get former athletes to do that. Right. Who act and do all that kind of stuff. And I had a close friend, Jock McKissick, who I played with, who is like very big time actor right now. He started in it. How a lot of athletes get their start. And it's like, man, I kind of like this. Like the team concept, yeah. you know, you got to be here at this time. You shut down here. Here's the food. It was like, hey, this is really, really cool. <laughs> I can do this. Yeah, I can do this. <laughs> Coffee. You know? Coffee, you know, like, you know, it's cool. Yeah. So I uh, got to do that. Got to be in a movie with Kevin Hart, um, oh, Will Smith. Cool. Um, got to be on sets of some um, soap operas and do some commercials. Like it's very great, really surreal type of thing. So I guess if I look back, that was kind of my fun phase. Yeah. You know, you're in California. What are you supposed to yeah. do in California, you know? And it, it was really cool. And it was the first time not really being in a sport and really trying to find your way, you know, because you think about it in college, you were told what to do and what time in NFL, you're told what to do, mm-hmm. what time, like you're working, but everything is made for you. So it was the first time really since graduating high school that you kind of had to find yourself and what you really wanted to do. And sometimes players struggle with that because they can't give up the football and they keep trying to hang on for a long time. And then before you know it, it's been five, six years and, now you're in your 40s and you're kind of like, I don't really know what to do. So I was blessed to kind of have a vision and um, kind of maneuvering into what, you know, I didn't know it, but God was kind of maneuvering me into the area where I needed to be. So I'm super grateful for that. But that was a great experience. I still love it. Um, got to go to school, got to go to UCLA for it um, through a program through the NFL. And it was awesome. So that part really helped me because in acting it makes you be vulnerable and it makes you be truthful and it really take makes you pick up on keys of people of how you're feeling and you say this but what do you really mean mm-hmm. so and that translates to players like he's telling me one thing but i think it's something deeper than that Interesting. and having them open up and really wrestle with the pain that they're going through and then if you attack that pain you feel it you see through it then you come out on the other side stronger so I want to, I can actually use that with my guys. So you're not buying the, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, not, I'm fine. <laughs> you're like, yeah, you know? no, no. So no, interesting no. enough, that is the first exercise in the Meisner technique. You take one phrase and you keep saying it. It's like, you're fine. Uh-huh. You say, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. You're fine. I'm fine. You know, you see, it? see, and that's a common thing that people do when they nervous. They they that's laugh good. yeah, because that's right. an exit. Then yeah. once you can sit into it and be grounded. Yeah. And then you own it. It's such a cool thing. And so I recommend anybody to take an acting class. Interesting. Marketing cool. people are in there. Right. CEOs. Like, it's a very cool thing that really makes you become vulnerable and open up. Now, you, you said your wife grew up across the street from Warner, Warner Brothers, Brothers Studio, yeah. Studios. Mm-hmm. Was she in acting at all? No, or any not background at all. There? She, was, she was interesting enough. My wife has an interesting background. She was in a band in okay. high school. Nice. <laughs> She's a rebel rock band. It's hilarious. <laughs> um, she grew up atheist, then found the Lord. So it's been a really cool process like to learn her background and me growing up from the South. You know, always been about yeah. church and guys, so just coming together and my perspective and her perspective. And she actually became a cop for a little while. Huh. It was like very interesting. Wow. Uh, I was like, what? Yeah. You and know, her name's Summer. I don't Summer. think we've said her name yeah, yet. Right. Summer. And um, she ended up working in the school district, uh, working with kids for a long time in the school district, moved up really, really fast to become a counselor. And, you know, once she got married, um, she stepped away from that. And, you know, we went, we moved to Vegas for a little while and had a really cool job there um, in Precious Metals. 
Really? Henry, yeah. Yeah, in <laughs> Precious Metals. It was really cool, and our son was born there. So she's um, awesome. She's she's all in on football now. You know, I was about like, to say, yeah. is she fine? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How does she, she like yeah, moving to Texas? It is, you know, she really – coming from the big city was mm-hmm. an adjustment for her, and then she really began to kind of become fond of Clemson, of the simple life. And, you know, coming here for anybody that's – it's new because I'm used to it because of football, right? Like traveling into a new place, adjusting. I can adjust really well, but for her, she's more methodical in that sense of okay, where's where where's our son going to go to school? Like sure. I've never been here, and you know, mm-hmm. I'm just like cool, whatever. You know, <laughs> we'll but figure she, it out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll be fine. It's okay. And you know, I don't think about. It. I'm at work all day, and she yeah. has to deal with the day to day and stuff of that. Where you know, she's going to go back to school here soon. So just trying to find the right process and right place, you know, to kind of make everything work. And and you said Aiden is four. four. Yeah, okay. he is four, and he is all 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 bears. All I bears. Love, there it's, you it's, go. It's cool because he kind of transitioned so fast. You know, he was all tigers, tiger mm-hmm. paw, and then we had to explain to him the change, and he's like, well, "Why? Why? You yeah, know, you know, <laughs> right? Doesn't make sense. Yeah. You know, we're going to be the bears, and do you know? And then he just he got here, and I've never seen him happier. Huh. You know, just to be somewhere like like he was home. It, it was such a cool thing to watch. He got to go in the stadium. That's all he wants to do. And Daddy, where are the players? Where are the players, <laughs> Daddy? Are the players come? You know, just loving it. Just yeah, he 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 was really sad when he had to go back. <laughs> you know, so he he's looking forward to coming back to to Bear Country. But he'll be here soon. Yeah, and, he'll be here in about a week with and all and the half. players. With all the players, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he'll be all in. Very cool. Yeah. Well, speaking of the players, um, John got to visit with the new offensive coordinator, uh, Jeff Grimes, coming from BYU. So we're kind of puzzle piecing together the offensive staff, you from Clemson. Um, but, John, one of the big things that he spoke with you about was the RVO mentality mm-hmm. for him, um, reliable, violent offense. Um, he kind of broke that down for us earlier. But I loved this part, and then I want to hear your thoughts on this. He said that his offense can be described as attacking multiple formation offense that runs a few plays a lot of ways with as much misdirection as anyone in the country. Um, How do you feel about that, coming in, being the wide receivers coach for an offense under him? That that is my bread and butter. That's what I played in in the NFL. So if you can – you know, you take – stick you know which is a simple concept and you can run it from four wide you can run it from three rod you can run it from three tight ends and that's the way you create mismatches and you know you 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 find a guy that you can be like i want to match this guy up with this guy and i want to run this play so guys are allowed to play fast you know they can play violent you know and guys really have to defensively you really have to be fundamentally sound and reading your keys and not getting your eyes in the wrong place and then you're going to be out of position Mm -hmm. and that's what we're counting on is that this guy and this guy's going to be out of position and we're going to attack and take advantage of that so it's such a cool and unique way to attack a defense you know this is why you you know as a receiver you got to know the offense you got to know the offense because if you learn the concept you can learn if we put you X, we put you Z, we put you Y, put every, wherever we put you, you can run the play. And it's, it's just seamless, just like that playing fast. It doesn't matter, you know, if you've only done this, if you understand the concept, understand who's supposed to be where, if it's three by one, two by two, and how you run it, then you play fast and then you create mismatches. So I'm really looking forward to um, our guys grasping that and get, being all in on that and being able to play multiple positions. Like you play multiple positions, you can get the ball multiple times. 
you know, you can stay on the field. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to take you off the field because you can only do this one thing. Sure. So having those guys buy into being able to really learn the offense, play fast and play anywhere is something we're really, you know, kind of putting our, our, our stamp on. Give us a sense of what you guys, the coaching staff, what you are doing now before, you know, the players, the student athletes come back. Personally, just trying to really get to know each other. Sure. You know, right. laugh and, and <laughs> share coffee. coffee. But, and, and the beautiful thing is that it all know, goes back to coffee. Yeah, it all comes back to the little cup of coffee. Yeah. yeah Coach Aranda does such a good, great job of assembling, you know, a staff. And it's been seamless. Like, did I know you before here? You uh-huh. know, it's just very, just very seamless. And we're getting together, we're going over recruiting. You know, mm-hmm. trying to find our guys, guys we've offered and, you know, how we like this guy, where do we rank him, you know, looking at 2022, looking at 2023, like, hey, Coach Stucky, what do you like in a receiver? Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Hey, Sean, what do you like in a in a quarterback? Coach Grimes, what do you like in a tight end? Coach Mateos, and, you know, what type of guys we want. So when we're going into schools and we see a player, okay, I think we'll like that guy. Oh, he's, I don't know, does he fit character-wise? And making sure we're all on the same page and just really getting a, a cohesive understanding of, who we are as individuals and who we are going to be as a staff because what the players see as a staff is what they're going to replicate. Mm -hmm. They're together. They trust each other. They love each other. They can argue or disagree, but not hate each other. You know what I mean? It's like, man, that's different. You know, we're hoping that they see something different. Like, Hey, that's what I want. I can play for those guys. And it's kind of what we're doing now. Just, just date in the dating phase, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) if you you would get to know each other, you know, And, and so far, couple of days we had a second day all right day. 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 really good you second know? cup of coffee hey, everything's good yeah the players come will be meeting the parents so we, you know <laughs> we're, we're moving up that's a great analogy that's very oh, good it's been a while that we've laughed this hard on a podcast yeah. I'm, I'm enjoying this <laughs> have you met coach tang yet jerome tang from men's, bas- men's, men's basketball. basketball i have not I have associate not. head coach from no, men's I have, basketball. okay i've heard i've heard it i knew i heard the name before okay yeah. just in our conversation here with you and Knowing Coach Tang for a long time, y'all you guys <laughs> are gonna be Let's brothers. Go. Yes. You're already brothers, yes. but yes. you're gonna yes. be brothers. And yes. he is a huge mm. football fan. Really? Yes. You know what? I'm a huge basketball. Yeah. Fan. There you go. Yeah, there you you go. Know, I went to my freshman year. I played both. Did you really? Yes. My Clemson. freshman year, I played both. Yeah. Basketball was my go-to. All football right. was like down here. Then it was yeah. like football might need to be more, more <laughs> here. And Sweeney was like, No, no, no. Come play wide receiver. And he's a basketball guy too now. Like, every time we go to this house, it's full-blown, intense games. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, wow. So, the wide out and basketball is always a correlation. Yeah. That's you know, it's great. always a weird little correlation. That's great. Yeah. All right. Well, you remember. We'll have to get y'all connected. Yeah. 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 It won't take long. No. No, no, no. Knocking no. on your door. I'm sure he'll hear this and come in for coffee. <laughs> yes, please come in. Come in. Exactly. Well, we appreciate your time. It is great Thank to you have guys. you here. You look good in green. Yes. Green looks great on you. I love it. Thank you. I know, right? Can't wait to meet Summer and Aiden and have them here full-time, but. Uh, we're excited about the prospects of uh, you being here, and we visited with Coach Grimes earlier. And uh, blessings on you as you go through the move and getting thank everybody you. here thank and settled. You. But thanks for your time and visiting with us no, today. Thank you, guys. It's been great. I'm looking forward to doing more, and you guys are great. Good. Thank you. That is uh, Chancey Stuckey, Baylor's new wide receivers coach. Earlier in the podcast, we visited with Jeff Grimes, Baylor's offensive coordinator. And that is this week's Sikkim Podcast. Brooke and I will be back with another edition next week. Thanks for tuning in to the Sikkim Podcast. You've been listening to the Sikkim Podcast. 
Presented by your friend in the car business, Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat in Waco. Online at alansamuelsdcj.com. The Sikkim Podcast has been a production of Baylor Athletics.